and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. Well, obviously, that wasn't me, Fiona, or Hamilton, our co-host who normally presents us. We have a wonderful guest with us today, which is uh, Mark. Mark, can you introduce yourself for our listeners out there? Hi, I'm Mark Arkusha. Uh, I am thrilled to be here. I'm a, 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 a nerd. Uh, first and foremost, a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons player, a TTRPG player, an actor, a voiceover actor, and I was trying to think of a clever button, but I person. Yeah, I was going to say like a, a human being and a loving human being. I was going to say a human being, to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> not an the AI mask. construct. <laughs> yes. Well, so Mark, how did you get into role playing games and tabletop RPGs? Well, I've been doing it for a long time, and um, I was lucky enough to have like my neighbor. Uh, who was my age, had an older brother who was like, you know, uh, seven or eight years older than us. You know, it was the it was the 80s, which was uh, big for uh, role playing games. Mm-hmm. And so in addition to seeing like, you know, like Slayer posters and all the cool hairband posters, uh, uh, my friend's older brother, Stephen, uh, he introduced us to Dungeons and Dragons, like the first, you know, mm. I guess it was second edition at that point, but still, um, you know, the the original stuff. And we went from like always like tracing the monsters in the monster manual and like doing that to actually like him playing a few games with us, which would end in our characters getting utterly destroyed whenever he had something slightly better to do. So <laughs> it was a good introduction. Wrap this up, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you open the chest and there it's full of magma. Yeah. Or lava. <laughs> or uh, rocks fall, everyone dies. <laughs> yeah. Dragon turtle pops out of nowhere. <laughs> so then how did you get from playing D&D to then being a DM? Was, there, was it an easy change? Was it just something you're like, I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life now? Or was it something that you were just, it was thrust upon you and you had to take it? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> some people are born DMs. Some people achieve DMs. And some people have DMs thrust upon them. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. I'm a control freak. And yes, indeed. Yeah. (laughs) I vacillate between thinking I'm better than everyone at everything and thinking that I am the absolute worst, which I think is like how you to DM. Um, mm. you know, typical narcissistic behavior. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Welcome to yeah, we're all safe. We're all friends here. We all know what we're Good. doing. We all, we're yeah. all DMs. We know what yeah. this is about. Yeah. yeah. My narcissism is evened out by my complete lack of faith in myself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have it. Yeah. <laughs> Crippling self-doubt <laughs> constantly. I think I have that written in a journal that I wrote when I was like 19. That like oh yeah. I don't know if I said narcissism, but it is like my something something is balanced out by my crippling self-doubt. Yeah. Oh. To see if I can find it. <laughs> we all had teenage diaries, don't we, that have right. crap poetry in them, but yeah, say things mm. that are, we think are really esoteric. Yeah, I know. I feel that. Was it mostly homebrew stuff then, Mark, or was it like a published adventures or a mixture of the two that you were running? I have never run a published adventure. Um, mm. Not that I don't want to, just that like... I don't know. I always have ideas that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I really do want to run an actual campaign, though, at some point. But um, no, it's always been like homebrewed stuff for me. I think because we didn't have it at first. You know, we didn't have right. any access to it because uh, we were just playing with Steve Adel, uh, old murderous Steve Adel. <laughs> and <laughs> our characters never lasted long enough to do a campaign. So mm-hmm. 
but I would like to one of these days. They look great. When you're running a game, what's your sort of like trademark in terms of like genre? Is it super high fantasy? Is it horror? Is it a mixture like action? Like, what would you say is it like your trademark? Would you say? I think it is a it's a mix of the the high fantasy, but I I feel like I I always come back to well horror elements and also the trope of a former advanced civilization in ruins type thing there's always that stuff sneaking in there i listened to the show when you came onto my show and i was listening to a lot of it then and i've always described it as very heavy metal i don't know if that feels right (laughs) but that's how i could describe it as like it's a little bit edgy it's a little bit like on that tinge of horror side yeah maybe it's because also you like the personalities that all of you brought to the table on the cast eye was like really kind of like great because you're all very professional actoring people Mm. so you everyone was very well characterized but with that it made it very like you're in it you're here yes i'm ready sort of that's why i kind of feel like that heavy metal i don't know maybe that's how i see it but maybe you wouldn't describe it as that no I, i definitely appreciate that assessment because I think we did try and go for that like heavy metal aesthetic that kind of mm. like I think we used to say like you know it's the it's the old school aesthetic with like new school uh sensibilities yeah. mm. you know the whatever that means uh I guess that you know like we, we want that like cool like dangerous like fun yeah dangerous for the game safe yeah. for the players you know what yeah. I mean mm-hmm. yeah um, it, that's a good I, can I steal that <laughs> And like, please, well, dangerous, for the, dangerous <laughs> yeah. for the characters, yeah. safe for the players. That's, that's yeah. Although, that's right. yeah. although our, our other motto was, if you die in the game, you die in real life. But you know. <laughs> that's on the back of the T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, caveat: if you die in the game, you do die in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all that, then obviously, so you've got this background in RPG stuff. How did you get into voice acting, and like, what what motivated you to do it? I mean, it's always been a big thing, but it's definitely becoming much bigger since the pandemic because suddenly people are yes. realizing that you can have your own home studios and people want a huge uh, diversity of voices. So I just like, I'm, I'm very interested. Like, what motivated you to pursue that career? I think I did um, what is the easiest way to get into voice acting, and that is to go to acting school and then do a bunch of uh, unpaid theater for like 10 or 15 years <laughs> while bartending. And then mm. after about 18 years of bartending, have a woman come into your bar and say, hey, you've got a great voice. Mm. And then have that woman become your agent. That's, I think, the easiest way to do it. Oh, you had the magical moment of like, it's yeah. going to happen. They're going to come in. They're going <laughs> to find me. They're going to, and you actually got found whilst yeah. being a waiter. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. 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 And it only took 20 years. No, it, it's, um... <laughs> yeah, but let's skim over that bit. It still happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heavily edit that to make it sound really nice. Of um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's one of those things that like you kind of have to be doing it because you like doing it, and then you have to be like to get to a point where you can, you know, do it full time. You have to just be like super duper lucky. Mm. I feel like you know, especially with voice acting, voice acting is not something that like you can get away with being bad at and Mm. still do it you know Mm -hmm. like i feel like there's a lot of actors out there that you see them in a movie you're like how who why does this person keep getting put in movies Mm -hmm. um tom hanks no i love tom (laughs) america's dad (laughs) america's dad but with voice acting there's not you know there's no kind of 
layers between the audience and the actor. Yeah. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like going like directly into the brain. And mm -hmm. um, I think that's why, you know, so many people are like, oh, voice acting. Mm -hmm. Huh. It's I feel like it's the new um, stand up comedy. Like mm -hmm. before everyone started thinking about voice mm -hmm. acting, like anyone you know, would think anyone who would think about stand-up comedy be like, oh, so you stand up there and you tell jokes. Like, I'm funny. People tell me I'm funny. Yeah. I'm going to give it a shot. And I hope to God that none of this comes off gatekeeper because that's that's not no. what I'm, I'm trying no, to say. No, no, no. But yeah, it is one of those things that like, I think I remember, like actually the way I kind of got into audiobooks was uh, I saw one of those like Instagram reels that was like, Hey, do you have a microphone? Do you know how to read? You can make a thousand dollars an hour. And um, that is, of course, very untrue. Yeah. Um, but it was how I like found out about some of the like the websites and stuff. And I went on the websites and now I mm. make nowhere near that much money per no. hour, but <laughs> some money per hour sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of like this thing where thank you for giving me uh, 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 permission to ramble. Of um, course. Please, please, please. It's ramble fine. away. Uh, oh, yeah. Join us next time well. when Mark gets to a point. <laughs> <laughs> this is the show, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you fit right in. So <laughs> I told you I listened. Um, <laughs> like to somebody who's trying to get into it, I would say like take some classes. Don't mm. take really expensive ones. Focus on ones that are being taught by casting directors mm. because... They are the ones who will they might give you a job. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If you can yeah. find one that's being taught by an agent, that's also great, you know, because they might want to represent you. Mm -hmm. Don't spend too much money on it uh, at first it, because, you know, it's yeah. uh, it's a crapshoot. And do research your classes because, you know, in the same way that, you know, there has been an explosion in voiceover work. Like when I started and I haven't even been doing it, I've been doing it since like full time since like 2016. Oh, and wow. when I started doing it, this is, you know, back when all the auditions were in person, mm. I would see the same six guys in the lobby every time I would go in front. It was like the same six. Mm. It was me, Ryan Andes from Cast Eye and like seven other guys. And it was just like the 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 10 <laughs> deep voiced jabronis uh, who come in <laughs> and audition for every commercial. Now there's a million people. Now no auditions are in person. All auditions are online. So, you know. Uh, there's a much more competition. Mm -hmm. What's the word? What's the way to say it? it's it's much easier to like get in the gate, mm. but it's much harder to like, I don't know, get in the house. Well, it's the standouts so, because I, I, I'd say yeah. like because I've done a couple of stand up classes as well. And it's yeah. it's so true that attitude of like, I can I can do this because you definitely can. But it's such hard work, certainly for stand up, because right. you have to write stuff because I, I'm a I'm an improviser. So I can do the performance element okay i still get nervous right. and stuff writing wise my god it's so difficult because what you think is funny is different and like trying to make people laugh who are suddenly in direct competition to you and it's really just just about doing it and getting experience and stuff like that so i completely agree i think it like you said it feels now a lot easier because in terms of like equipment you can rent stuff out you can start right. small etc like that but as a result you you do have to stand out like one thing i always say and i know hamilton would agree with this as well it's very easy to start any project like audio 
audio or video, like you could just do it, but to right. get it a really good quality, you have mm. to put in a lot of effort and you, you might not get back what you put in, but even oh, though yeah. it's, it, the quality is there. So yeah, I completely, I, I feel like it says, yeah, it's not gatekeeping at all. It's just like, it's a lot of hard work. Uh, it's not yeah. easy and it's not a thousand dollars an hour. <laughs> right. Yeah. Manage expectations is what I, what I would say. Thing. I remember I heard someone say something that a uh, very high percentage, they did a, a general public poll of people uh, in England, I believe it was in England, don't, I don't know, it might have been in the US, of, do you think you could be an Olympic champion or an Olympian? And a, yeah. a very high proportion of people go, yeah, if I had the time and I put the effort in, I could be an mm. Olympic champion. And yeah. people think that. And I think that's just what we're getting at is that, yes, everyone can do it and everyone could put to the thing, but it, you've got to really put the hours of training and all of these yeah. things to be oh, yeah. ultimate, I think. To illustrate the disparity between, I won't say flat intelligence uh, between English people and American people, but maybe education. <laughs> I think you guys are definitely better educated than we are over there. Uh, on on average, this is a big country with some very dumb states in it. The listeners can't see us, but both me and Hamilton sort of like looked at each other and shrugged a little bit, like, nah. <laughs> yeah, it's all perception. We're doing good, good PR, England. Uh, they had the same thing here, but it was like, do you think you could you could fight a black bear and and win? And people answered, they're like, yeah, probably. <laughs> If I got him like a rear naked choke, you know, I probably could take him down. There's always lots of factors about like, uh, oh, from behind. And if yeah. I got the jump on them, you're like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Do I have a surprise round? Maybe. I know. Maybe. <laughs> the reason sort of we've invited you on today, Mark, is that we wanted to talk about uh, a book that you uh, did the voiceover for. Uh, so that is Oathbreakers Anonymous. And I, first of all, uh, well done. Uh, I mean, I know it sounds, it sounds like very British sarcasm, but like no. I, Hamilton says, like you should listen to this book. Not only is it a good book, but the guy who who voices it is really good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was like two weeks ago. And then I get, I get a lovely little code. I'm like, okay, I listen to it. And then I've listened to it uh, today, and I'm like, it is very good. So kudos, I guess is a is the answer to that. Proof that Fiona never listens to any of my recommendations. For example, one hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, personally, I was raving about how good this was, and I even think I messaged to you to try not to be too fanboy, Mark, and be like, "This is really good." The twist, which I won't spoil, but mm. oh, oh my yeah. freaking god! Oh my gosh! What is this? Oh my gosh! Incredible! And I know you're an amazing talent at voice acting. I've listened to your podcast. You were on Dragon's Jewel with me and you did very off-the-cuff voices and it was very impressive. You know, not only is it a very good story, but mm. I've listened to a lot of audiobooks. I love audiobooks because I, not a lot of people know this, but I have a lazy eye. Uh, it doesn't get very lazy unless I'm really tired. So I can't read books at night very well. Mm. And so listening to audiobooks is great. But yours was not just someone reading me a story. It was an adventure. It was listening to an actual play, but like a movie. It was like having a movie. Yeah. You just brought it. I, I, this, I, this, this is another Fiona and Hamilton interview people. We just praise them. Yeah, it pretty much is all we do. It's great. But it was just like, for anyone who hasn't listened to it, don't listen to it when you're trying to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Because it's so interesting and mm. you're like, and hooked by the story, but also just the characterization. I wrote a review on Audible and I hope it. I yeah, saw it. it. I saw it when I was like, oh, "This Hamilton giving <laughs> five star reviews." Yeah, but I was. I tried to. I want people to know that it, if you enjoy D and D, I'm just going to put this down here now in case I forget. Definitely listen to it because mm. it's one of the best adventures I've listened to, and just the, yeah, you brought it to life. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Anyway, I've said enough praise. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah, no, no, that was that's so lovely. Now into the criticism, yeah. Yes, yeah. now to the hard yeah. part. The question I was going to have, though, is clearly could see you were enjoying it. What was the process for it? You have an agent, so I'm assuming did this come through your agent, or did mm. you see this opportunity and went, get me that sort of yeah. thing? Yes, uh, so my agent is looped in through the audiobook stuff. However, this one I did find, and I saw it, and I said, yeah, I really want to do it. The website where uh, I, I found it, ACX, has an opportunity, like when you send in your audition, you can also send a message to the author. And so I um, oh. I did that. And I, I was like, listen, I loved the, you know, five minute section that I read. This sounds amazing. It sounds like it's right up my alley. I really, really, I'm a big, I listed my nerd credentials. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, I had a blast working on this book the author scott he's uh incredibly talented like i i really enjoy working on audiobooks because you know they uh, afford you know someone who uh like myself is a like an actor you know <laughs> an actor uh <laughs> first and foremost i get the opportunity to like play a lot of different characters which yes. is which is really really cool you know in any context um in any book but this one especially because it kind of has that like more uh I don't want to say like outlandish but like I said it has like a lot of like Pratchett vibes it's got you know yeah exactly yeah very aware of itself humor yes. sort of thing mm. yeah. yeah yeah and it gives you kind of uh room and and freedom to really kind of get into these characters and mm. and make them fun and unique and uh yeah I I was thrilled the entire time doing it mm. It, it definitely feels, yeah, very Douglas Adams, like, as yeah, mm -hmm. something, yeah, I agree, that sort of Terry Pratchett, like, aware of itself, and also using sort of, like, real world things and making them, like, analogies of them, but with the high fantasy stuff, which I really, really appreciate as well. And it feels like a really interesting story. So the get-go, so the Oathbreakers uh, Anonymous is essentially about a paladin who uh, loses their faith through some sort of uh, incident and then they mm. go to almost like a, one of those AA meetings analogous for that and then they journey together with three other paladins who've also uh, broken their faith, so to speak, to go and re retrieve it in some way. And of course, as Hamilton said, there's a twist at the end, which we won't spoil. But all of it, it is engaging. Like you said, the characters are all slightly different and you characterize them so well and that they all sort of stand out. And they, mm. like I was saying to Hamilton before we came on recording, it was that for me, it really feels like somebody explaining their idea of a campaign it feels very unique yeah. it feels like the authors actually run this campaign it's just something that's come out very naturally it none of it feels forced at all if you see what i mean yeah, yeah. I, like i know it sounds so stupid but like yeah it feels very film like but i actually think it's almost like tv show like because you can see like and yeah. now for the next chapter okay mm. we're now gonna uh, we're now gonna have a bit with the goblins and how we're gonna mm. deal with that first encounter and then oh how we're gonna do it with the with the werewolves etc and like going to these yeah. it feels very episodic like that i could imagine this on like that sort of big screen in the sense of like it felt very much like the deep what the dnd movie for me was trying to do so that like, on amongst thieves yeah. it was trying to hit yeah. that humor and i thought yeah. this did it much better 100 oh yeah i'd much this i was like this would have been great with those little tricks as well like the when they do the grading yeah, there's a grading system in yes. it for people, oh, for yeah. people who, don't, who don't know that it's like you get given a grading for your ability so you are a fighter iron or uh pig right. iron i think and steel and they mm. are, and they are like given a number and it's so on the nose but done in such a like 
clever and interesting way enough and everyone holds their badge and you have the the kids who've just got their like one and they think they're so cool because they've just right. got their power and stuff like that but everyone's like you know lording over them so it's that kind of thing that would be so great to yeah have in the movie but mm. yeah made little nods in a really fun way i loved mm. it yeah he he does a great job of kind of skirting the line between like the the lit rpg yeah. uh, genre and just kind of like a you know kind of like meta you know wink yeah. of like yes i'm a ranger seven you know it's like it's not like oh i'm allocating my skill points and you know doing yeah. all this other stuff that you might see in like in a lit rpg but it is aware that like you know this is based on Dungeons and Dragons. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I did ask Scott, like when I was, when I was working on it, I asked him, I was like, is this, was this a campaign that you ran? And mm. he was like, no, not exact. Like it's, it's not a, you know, just an adaptation of a campaign, but there are like elements. There are like one character that he had like played in a campaign years ago. He kind of like brought back. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like that. It is something like as as I was reading it, as I was working on it, you could just it comes through like how much Scott loves and appreciates Dungeons and Dragons and role playing mm. games. And, mm. you know, I, and he said, like, because of his job, I don't even know, like the full details of like his his day job, but he like travels all over the world and flies around in helicopters and stuff and does really cool, important things. So cool. So important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, in his downtime or when he's like, I don't know, trying to sleep on a helicopter, he writes books, which is pretty cool. Oh. But, just, wow. Oh, in yeah, my spare time, hey. I just write really funny, really well-written books. No. Yeah. 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 Like, well, I watched Arrested Development again. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was like, uh, you know, he said because he hasn't been able to like really play a campaign in a, in a long time this yeah. was kind right. of his way of like you know scratching Gage. that itch and mm -hmm. um oh. to all of our enrichment moving back onto voice acting mm -hmm. i want to like go into the like uh warts and all of it though because it's a great story we've said that but how do you do it do you do it like it's a 10 and a half hour story mm. well you're not sitting down for 10 and a half hours straight <laughs> i'm assuming no it's all one take one take, one take. Wow. That's what I was <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but how long does it actually take to to record that? How long are you given? Do you do it like over a few days? Is it over a week? I can't even imagine. I can't yeah. even think to imagine how how you go about like putting that together. Even preparing for it, I guess for something like this, is yeah. it? It's obviously, I know you do like a range of different audio books as well. So, is there something that you do particularly for a high fantasy book compared to the other audio books that you normally do? So to start with like time, um, <laughs> I'm a studio, basically. I'm I'm the producer. Yeah. So I, I record it and I edit it and I, oh, you know, edit it I as get well. hired. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Wow, so I wow. get hired as the production company, basically. Mm. And so I get hired and then I give them a finished product. Wow. Even more kudos then. Yeah, that's that's very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that is, I said at the beginning that I like listening to the sound of my own voice. Not that much, though. <laughs> that much. Um, it does get old. I've got it down to a pretty good, like when I started, it was a nightmare. Um, mm -hmm. But I have streamlined the process through like, again, like I took some classes on like how to do it. And uh, yeah, you can never, <laughs> there's always another class to take. It's like, oh, I took an acting class. Great. Now I took a voice acting class. Great. Now I took a voice acting for audiobooks class. Great. Now I took a voice acting for nonfiction audiobooks class. And so, you know, there's always more classes to take. But uh, so I have gotten it down. The first book I ever did took me like, I don't know, a hundred 
something hour more than that. I don't know. It was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. But now about a year and a half into doing it, it takes me about four hours to produce one hour. Okay. Oh, okay. Depending on where my, uh, you know, attention deficit disorder uh, <laughs> medication is uh, how many <laughs> how many hours actually get done in a day? Yeah, very hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very hard when you work for yourself and your boss is a moron. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a process. Definitely the reading the reading it mm. is the most fun part. Of, of course. How long do you sit down for? Do you because you've got to obviously keep this instrument, yeah. you know, well tended for. And there's some moments where you're getting quite animated, you know, like an eye, if I'm, you know, talking a pitch for two hours, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, by know, the end like, of it, yeah. So do you, do you have to like regulate that? Do you, do you do it in stages throughout the day and sort of break it up? Yes. Um, but also that's where the training comes in too, you know, not to sound yeah. like that's when the, you know, some of the training kicks in. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's fair. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I went to a conservatory program uh, mm. for college. So, you know, I like I just studied acting and a lot of that was voice and speech classes and like how much of that was breathing and how much of that is like, you know, like keeping your instrument safe and mm. all that kind of stuff. So uh, but even with that, yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll do like an hour or two mm. in the booth uh, recording yeah. and then I'll come out and I'll edit for a while yeah. and then, I'll right. you know, so I'll switch it up. Yeah, and in that hour or two in the booth, I will probably actually record forty minutes mm -hmm. of actual, you know, because yeah. like I'll rework bits. Yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible boss. Uh, I'm very, very <laughs> lackluster boss. But as a director, I'm an asshole because I will <laughs> mm -hmm. just keep doing the same thing over and yep. over and over again. As someone who does now YouTube videos, yeah, I do a ten minute video. I think I was editing down today. I thought oh, this would be at least fifteen minutes because there was an hour and 45 minutes of me mm. doing no. it. And there was one sentence, one like sentence I did for 30 minutes. I just couldn't get it, you know? And it was literally <laughs> just going, I was like getting, and because and I've got it all recorded, it's like, Hamilton, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you just got to say it like this. I've read it, you know what you're going to say. And so I, I feel you on that. Yeah. yeah. I will say that's one for any uh, nascent audiobook readers out there. There's something called punch and roll recording which I didn't do at first. It's basically like without punch and roll, you just record everything and you just keep, yeah. if you mess up, you just start over. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, at the line or whatever, punch and roll, you go back to like right before you messed up and you listen to the five seconds going up to it and you go oh. back in. And that has been an incredible time saver oh. just because oh God, yeah. I might still be in the booth for 10 minutes, like starting yeah. over, starting over, starting over. But then when I come out to edit, I don't have to like skip through that 10 minutes of, you know, trying to see like which clap is the right one. There's like 500 claps here and I don't know which one is which. Yeah. What I normally do is I, when I get it right, I stop the recording and I start mm. a new recording because the system I'm using isn't very good at like the stop starts. I'm probably not using it. I probably should be using audition or something like that, but because I'm recording it in like OBS, which is probably oh, not yeah. the right way to do it. Then <laughs> I just stop recording start because I know the last one yeah. is the right one. Mm. That's a good idea. But I like the punch roll because probably the listening to the beginning of the last five seconds actually probably helps you. Yeah, because yeah. obviously your, your intonation is always going to be slightly different if you just, because yeah. obviously by the time you're like, I just want to say this one word and yeah. it just sounds yeah. really awkward if you're just like in the middle. No, there is some of those and I have to like try and edit <laughs> Ooh, them What's out. wrong? Yeah. Why is he so frustrated all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
I appreciate it, Mark. You've, you've probably listened to a couple of our episodes. You will know, and our listeners will also know that both myself and Hamilton are terrible at pronunciations. Mm. So I wonder, oh, do man. you have any, do you have any tips or any sort of like anything that you do when you see a word that you know you struggle with, even if it's just like a, a normal word to everyone? Um, do you have any like tips about like how do you get it right without, like, as you said, getting really frustrated and like wasting a lot of time? Look it up immediately. Don't like <laughs> I have a. There's a few reviews out there that are like this guy's an idiot. He pronounced conflagration wrong. He's an absolute moron. He should stop doing this. It wasn't that quite that bad. But like, yeah, no, I think because I, you know, I was a reader as a kid and like mm. I, I read a lot of words and I don't know how to pronounce all of them. Hermione comes to mind for me. Hermione? Hermione for Hermione. Oh, That's what I sure. Oh, right. Until yeah. the movies came out, I was like, yeah. Hermione. Hermione. Yeah. That's, her. That's who it is. <laughs> When I was a kid, there was a uh, like a DC Comics big big old crossover event called Armageddon, and uh, my friends and I were just, were calling it Armageddon. And um, <laughs> that sounds amazing. It does sound. I, I, that that sounds like the Scottish yeah. Armageddon, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Armageddon. Once, once every once every hundred years, uh, Armageddon. <laughs> when there are two Highlanders. <laughs> yeah, it's Armageddon. Oh. Now you're speaking my language. The internet has a lot of like good assets uh there's this french guy who pronounces words he's one of the first people comes up when you put in whatever word pronounce he's like today we are talking about how to say this word in english you might say i don't know he's a little spanish i guess in my mind <laughs> there, there was a good one there's an american one who does like how to say uh things in an american accent he's got like this um New England voice it's kind of great just to listen to and he because it, it does weird esoteric words like the famous watch that's got tag as the first word mm -hmm. then yeah and it's and I've always called it like tag heyer or tag hoa and it's actually tag hoyer according to this guy but it's like things like that but I yeah. like yeah I, he's good as well I can't remember his name but it's, it's like a New England sort of like mm. haughty New England voice and he says yeah. these words they're good fun to listen to sometimes I reckon <laughs> What gets me, uh, and what might get me put on like some watch lists, what the the like what the big series that I do is uh, the Jason Trapp series, where you know mm. it's like a a CIA agent who got burned and you know saving the world. Uh, they're awesome books. I love them so much. But the reason that they are probably putting me on government watch lists is because I'll be looking up like when it's an <laughs> when it's an M twenty six forty two uh helicopter surface to air missile like is it do you say m24 do you say m24 yeah and then i'm like looking up like how to pronounce a a base in tehran and i'm like but isn't looking up weaponry just a general american data <laughs> pastime sorry i yeah. just i just yeah. assume that's what all americans yeah, yeah. pastime uh, yeah. m25 which one am i gonna buy today a howitzer i don't know yeah I live in a blue state, so I don't. I can't just look in my collection. Oh, you know? right, okay. <laughs> you can't be like, yeah. I think I've got one yeah. of those somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I was the same. So I, I run a bit of um, alien RPG, and of course, oh, I'm yeah. looking up all these different Greek names for different spacecrafts, and I'm just like, I just want to call it a ship, but no, no, I've got to go. And then I'll be listening to, it and then be like, oh, what's this uh, chemical that burns all the aliens? And I was like, oh, it's used once in the film, and I'm like, I'll just listen to that clip over and over, so that when I yeah. run it on stream. But that's one thing. Yeah. I, again, one of our things is that. We wish that in the published adventures, some of them do do it and some of them don't. 
don't, but they have a pronunciation guide. Mm. But mm-hmm. a lot of the time they don't. And they're only just now on DD Beyond you can listen to like how to pronounce names. Matt Mercer. Yeah. And Matt Mercer and Marisha Ray, but they don't do all of them. And it's kind of like I get it for certain ones, like, okay, they're named characters, but like both me and Hamilton always like go, uh blah blah blah, you know, like and just yeah. you know you know, like muck it up essentially, so that we yeah. don't get criticised for getting it wrong. But like, yeah. which obviously you can't really do with audiobooks. So it's just the one thing I'd lo- I would love more people to just do, like you said, just like record how they would pronounce words, and then I could just listen yeah. to the whole range, and then hopefully come up with my own version. Absolutely. Rather than just shy away from pronouncing a word as it should be pronounced, if you see what I mean. Well, I, I also I use something called uh, Positron, uh, which is a really uh, great editing tool and what it'll it, you can like input the manuscript and it'll go through and like for one thing it'll say like these are all words that are on our like you know difficult to pronounce list so it'll oh have like God. here's how wow. to pronounce it which is awesome that is amazing cool. but it also has a thing where you can look up like unique words or names or whatever hmm. so that was kind of invaluable when i was doing oathbreakers because Right. There's all these, you know, names of Fancy places names. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. character names and and different, you know, city names that might, might be mentioned once in chapter three, once in chapter 20. And, you know, so it was great because Positron gave me that list. And then I sent it to Scott Warren. And I was, I was like, say, hey, you've got the author, haven't you? I was like, yeah. And I, I kind of like I took a crack at like reading all of them and I sent him the recording. And he wrote back, he's like, actually, this one is like this, this one is like that. Mm-hmm. And then, so then I had it. So that was great. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, so that's yeah. that's a, an easy way rather than to bother Scott constantly. Right. But like, by the way, how do you say yeah. this word? Like just leaving lots of voice notes. <laughs> yeah. It's worth it when you're producing an audiobook and getting paid for it uh, mm. to splurge on Positron. If you're running a campaign, it might, yeah, maybe not. Unless you're charging your players. Uh, yeah. Different way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you better get these names right and you'll write them down right in your notes now yeah. as well. So. Yeah. If I hear you say Adamantine wrong, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be a problem. <laughs> What's your favorite part of the book that you got to sort of like uh, voice at all? Was there a particular part without, I guess, too many spoilers, but was there a bit that you really, really enjoyed? Yeah. My favorite character, I would. Uh, how do I say this without spoiling too much? <laughs> yeah, um, I know which bit it is, though. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, you can probably tell by listening to it. It's a, a character who has a uh, kind of like a cult leader. Uh, he has a microphone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of went for like a Matt Berry aesthetic, and uh, that yes. was just yeah, that was yeah. that was so much fun. I was very sad. When... Yeah, beep 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 <laughs> beep 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 beep. Like we've said, obviously said before, but your your depth of characterization was it was really nice to hear that because sometimes it's very difficult to to tell the difference between when you listen to certain audiobooks. So that was really nice. Yeah. But the flip side of that question, and and was there, was there a part that you found challenging, uh, but was obviously rewarding once you sort of got over that challenge? I, I appreciate recording an audiobook in general is a challenge in itself, but was there yeah. something, was there anything about the book in particular you like, ah, I just need to think about it a bit more or, or anything like that? If there was any, because sometimes you're like, it was, it's my job, I, I can do this. <laughs> no, it was all easy. No, uh, I spent a lot of time and hopefully some when someone listens to this part now, like, he spent a lot of time on this? Was the the werewolf singing? Um, yes, that that I spent a lot of time on. I hope I spent enough time on it that people are not just immediately taken out by the fact like this guy can't sing. No, it was oh, fine. oh no, and no, I did not I think that at all. Okay, no, I was just like, yeah, it fitted with the whole of the high quality bit. 
All right, good. I think that's the other thing that is impressive because I was saying to Fiona off podcast like about like the characterization. And I know you'll probably say it's because I went to acting class and <laughs> this is the answers, but it, it's because like when I'm DMing, I'll be like, I'm going to give this person an accent. I'm going to give this person this characterization, right? And the key ones I'll probably keep, but one of them will be like, Dave, the NPC, you know, it's going right. to be like, all right, they're going to be Yorkshire, right? And then the, and yeah. then two weeks later, turn up again, and it's like, Dave, and now, now he's a Cockney. <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. remember. I always thought, you know what these audiobook people must do? They must record all the lines of that same person mm, <laughs> in, row, in one go, yeah, in one go, and then do the other person. Because but, but that's stupid to think that. But um, it's very impressive that it comes. You you keep that character because you've got literally every single accent you could even imagine is pretty mm. much like is put into this and all well done. And mm. it must have been really difficult when you've got four or five of those having. Because when you're a DM and you're having a conversation between yourself, it can be like mm. a bit of a hard, hard thing to do. But you're holding all these people. Is it just, yeah, I've got this down. I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional. Or is it still actually quite, you have to, does that become more challenging? It's yeah, challenge. Yeah. Sure. There's definitely a challenge, but I think it comes down to uh, the training, right? That's yeah. when the training kicks in. Yeah. And also um, like listening and responding, you know, so yeah. like, from improv, you know, mm -hmm. like you have to be really tuned in on your scene partner and you have to really be listening to what they're saying in order to respond to it. There was, I remember when I was, when I was studying Shakespeare, there was a really cool exercise we would do, um, which I think is something that they did back then, back in Shakespearean times, mm -hmm. was you would just get the last three words of the line preceding yours. So you'd have to be like listening for those words and you'd right. have to be like really keyed in on your scene partner mm -hmm. in order to know like mm -hmm. when you're going yeah. to speak. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, listening and responding to myself, I guess, is a big yeah. part of it. You kind of, you know, you try and like get into each character so that... Do you do that? Do you shift? Do you move? Do you like... Oh, yeah. Do you absolutely adjust yeah. yourself? Yeah. Yeah, cool. I do. I'm, I move like I'll be on one side of the mic and then I'll come on the other side of the mic. The issue, I, I'm usually pretty good about keeping the characters separate. Mm -hmm. What does happen sometimes is that I'll go back into like just this regular narrator, right. regular narration voice, and I'll still have the, like a, and he said, walking away. And I'm like, nope, nope, regular, <laughs> yeah. regular narrator voice. Come back, come back. Yeah, ground it. Yeah, yeah but um, the characters I, I, I can usually keep pretty straight. Mm. I do have notes. I do write it down. Do you do like I, a practice run when you're coming up with these voices? Do you like, mm. do you do like a little like, okay, I'm going to just spend a bit of time on Marlock now. I'm going to just spend a bit of time on Ram. And I'm just going to workshop these characters. I don't know. Do you take like a scene and just workshop each one? Or how does, how does that process kind of yeah. come about? I'll have an idea. And then I'll kind of like read a or do like a monologue or something in their voice and try and like get mm. it dialed in. Mm. And then I will write it down with like, you know, higher pitch. Uh, it's more like a chest voice. It's more of a, like a nasal voice, mm. you know, try and like write all that down. And then if there's like an accent that I'm doing, I'll put an accent. The, the more... Um, defined and dynamic the characters are i think like the easier it is and that's why i have an easy time mm. on Oathbreakers, on the jason trap mm. series mm. uh on all the books that i've that i've done under my real name uh i've had, a, I've had an easy time uh differentiating the characters mm. although there was one time where i i did a character and like he he was in like the prologue and mm -hmm. i gave him like a you know 
commander, we have to, you know, if we don't get these missiles, whatever, whatever it is, you know, and then he came back like 30 chapters later. And I was like, this guy, I think is going to sound like Richard Dreyfus. And, and I recorded <laughs> the rest of the book. And then when I was like coming back to the beginning, I was like, oh shit. Oh no. I've got to do those first couple chapters over yeah. because oh. that's not Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> that's not, no. no. <laughs> yeah. You can get away with that on Game of Thrones. Yeah. A different, yeah. They got 10 years to make that stuff. So. A, a different, the mountain every season. Um, yeah. yeah. But no, mine have to match. Yeah. See, I do that when I was like, when I was running Bowie's and I was, every time I was doing my commute, I would practice the voices I was going to be doing that night in the car. Yeah. And I think I told Fiona this once I was doing the, and and it's, and it is a good way of doing it. And I would do the, and when, cause I'm driving, I'll quickly like go Siri, open voice memos yeah, and record it and try and do it then. Cause like, I got to remember this for tonight, you know, and I'll listen to it yeah. on the way back home. Yeah. That's another, I'm going to, I'm going to plug yeah. Positron here again. Um, yeah. That is, that is something that you can do. Like once you have all the yeah. names of all the unique characters, you can then record a, a little sample of their voice. Oh, incredible. That's really good. Positron, if you're listening and you want to give me a break. I was going to say, I'm uh, surprised. Where's your Positron t-shirt? The yeah, right? hat that you're wearing. Like, hat, if you turn the hat around, it says Positron. Yeah, banner. Yeah. <laughs> Is there going to be another book? I certainly hope so. I know, Like some of his other books, he's he's written series and they're ongoing series. And, you know, it's not, not a spoiler to say, I think there is room uh, mm. for... Another book, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. I said to Scott, you know, if, if you do, I would love to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. So, I, yeah, I certainly hope so. Maybe even a certain, you know, charming vampire could be <gasps> resurrected. I don't know. Maybe. I hope <laughs> maybe. <so>. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I would love to. I, I had such a blast working on that book. Amazing. Well, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time, Mark. But thank you so much for spending, uh, obviously, a, presumably a very busy time for you like, being in the booth and stuff, and, like just listening to us sort of say, you're amazing, and then talking about this book for an hour. As that a, was, it was awesome. Thank you. Um, I, one of our sort of final things is, like, is there anything you would like to plug? Any upcoming projects? Uh, obviously, we'll send, we'll put a link in the show notes for Oathbreakers Anonymous uh, and your work as well. But, uh, but is there anything that you'd like to plug just now? Yeah, I mean... Despite yeah, been an hour long plug for for Oathbreakers, but uh, yeah, I mean yeah, again, but just know. in case, <laughs> yeah, o Oathbreakers Anonymous by Scott Warren, uh, you definitely go check it out. And the other the other ones I've worked on, uh, you know, the Jason Trap series is like don't just listen to it to support me. It's like it's like a best selling you know mm -hmm. political thriller mm -hmm. series. So if you like that stuff, you should definitely listen to it. And um, oh, uh, speaking of sequels, uh, a book that I did uh, last year, Cryo, which is like a sci cool, very cool sci fi. Yes emotional dystopic dystopic there we go dystopic. should have looked that up yeah. dystopic. Uh, uh, as, as uh, yeah you need yeah, the yeah, yeah, <laughs> to me um <laughs> blake fisher the author of that uh just reached out to me about uh doing the next one so oh, you know oh, that's, that's exciting uh, and if we want to hear your wonderful uh dming where can we find your podcast at cast eye podcast on all the social medias uh we haven't put a new episode out in a little while but that, i think that's going to be changing pretty soon oh yeah exciting. oh exciting wait till they hear ryan andy's his voice yeah. as well oh, yeah. when, oh, you no, no, no. When, you, when you put the two of them together it's kind of like bloody hell is it like honey it's hot in here <laughs> Doc full of good voices uh it's, yeah. well it's old school what did we say before old school vibes uh yeah old school vibes meets new school sensibilities old school aesthetic meets new school sensibilities and if you die in the game, you die in real life. <laughs> <laughs>
that's where the show ended for a while you had to pause it until you find new players because <laughs> yeah everyone had died is that what you're saying <laughs> right there were some lawsuits there were some uh, you know <laughs> wrongful death lawsuits we uh, had to do some resurrection spells and some right. rituals to yeah we, had to we had to use use some revivify scrolls but yeah it's all sorted now and hamilton uh any plugs for you this week any, any oh, for day? me yeah go, oh, go, go, go around and do everyone yeah absolutely no amazing audiobooks that i can plug i know but <laughs> if you want to see me uh see two hours of me staring at a screen edited down to 10 minutes in a nice orderly fashion then you can listen to see me on hazard stripes doing uh necromunda stuff at the moment which is on youtube and bowie's in Spelljammer is coming out this month it yep. is happening it'll be yep. a few weeks from now before mcm you can see and hear uh, that will be on podcast well. I'm trying to sort that out with Fiona at the moment, but mm-hmm. it will be. You can see Jeremy Cobb from Three Black Halflings. You can see Chloe from Decaviniasis and Taylor from the Backwater Bastards, all playing different incarnations of Bowie mm-hmm. as they travel through the wild space as they search down the evil space pirate Adamantium and his Adamantium ants. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> And we have a guest star, Kim Richards, as the Ziggy Stardust a few episodes in, which is very exciting. So if you like Illithids, you like Bowie, you like the Killer Queen uh, themselves as well, all these sort of rock, it's like a rock opera in space in D&D, basically. That's what we've done. We'll also be at MCM Comic-Con at the end yes. of October. Yes. Uh, we've got a few panels and stuff. Uh, we'll, I'll probably make sure we'll, we'll put out a quick trailer about that at some point, Hamilton. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll write that script quickly, so that'd be nice. I do have that T-shirt coming so oh, you, that one i mentioned actually, okay so for poor mark who has no idea what we're talking about essentially halton in one of our recent episodes was like i've got a t-shirt and you have to say a secret thing and then you can come and get it at mcm but oh. it was but it's only one t-shirt right no i've got two i've got one for you and one for the person who wants it so even you don't have a t-shirt no i don't have a t-shirt i don't want to wear that t-shirt <laughs> you're just gonna just rip it off your back and give it to the poor mcm yeah, okay, person yeah. that turns up if someone no one's gonna turn up they're just gonna be like who you are never you know. you never know so whatever the secret password is so we'll make sure we'll put that in that trailer as the well. secret password is really obvious by the way mark because we might say it near at the, the end, end of, of at the end of every show uh. fiona yes who are you Right. When are you? Why cool. are you? Where are you? Great. Okay. Now Again, Mark's thinking we're really strange. Yeah, Mark's just like, I want this to end right now. Um, no, I don't want this to end. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my name is Fiona. I am an improviser and podcaster, and I also do a little, the tiniest bit of voice acting, but it's it's so nothing compared to having Mark in the Zoom Voice here. of the Rooster Teeth podcast. Well, the like, yeah. tiny bit at the beginning, just saying yeah. it is the Rooster Teeth podcast, and then that's it. So that's the, the 80 quid of, of that is done. <laughs> If you want to listen to some more of my stuff, I also do What Am I Rolling, which is a twice monthly RPG one-shot podcast, uh, which we explore different RPG systems that aren't necessarily D&D, and just tell different stories with them. Uh, we're currently going through Flabagasted, uh, which is like a roaring 20s-inspired uh, RPG. So if you like Jeeves and Worcester, that sort of vibe, uh, go check that out. That's coming out just now. There's also an interview with a good friend of the show, uh, Charlie Mendez, who is from Parable Games in, in the UK, which is basically, he's just launched a Kickstarter for his game, don't play this game, which is a solo horror RPG about an entity that starts to haunt you uh, and it doesn't end well for you. Yep. Nope. I mean, it sounds great. I'm sure it's amazing. I was going to say, it's, 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 it's not safe for Hamilton. <laughs> I'm not going to play that because I'm a scaredy cat. It, yeah, definitely not safe for Hamilton's is what I'd say. Um, but yeah, and it's also, uh, what's cool about it is that it's a solo journaling game that you could do, you know, different mediums, etc. But it also could be a legacy game so you could pass it on to somebody else and haunt them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so the, the Kickstarter for that is now 
out. So please go check that out because it was wonderful to talk to Charlie about horror stuff because that is that's my that's my flavor of bag. RPG. Yeah, uh, Mark. So that, that's why I was asking you before. Is like because I'm I'm Queen Horror over here. So that's... Oh, yeah, I'm Camp Horror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm in between i am i'm very i am a scaredy cat who loves mm. horror so yeah yeah, yeah. same right. boat same boat yeah i've got some i'm doing some improv classes online but that's not in- interesting to anyone here per se so just keep checking out the dean's book club you don't and know. are you going to attend a 10-week uh course on the documentary format hamilton well i've just been inspired to take more classes so and that's true well, there is one thing we've learned is take more classes to get better at yeah, take more that's, classes that's, yeah that's very true well i think that's uh, everything again thank you so much mark for spending your thank time you, with us oh, thank you so much for having me and we'll, we'll sign off in the way we always do which is We'll see you. See you on the flip, on the flip side. side. See, there's the punchline. <laughs> ah, there you go. So bad. <laughs>